You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. I am going to shift here gears. If you have your Bible, go to the right-hand side, Hebrews chapter 11. I'm going to just talk for about 15 minutes. I spoke yesterday in about, I think about 18 countries all in one shot. So my throat is a little bit shot. So I'm going to speak for a minute, and you're going to feel all this strength and energy, and then God's going to heal people, and I got some really powerful things to say to people. Is that good? Man, we've been on a roll these last couple of weeks, probably spoke to over about 70,000 people over the last three weeks from all walks of life, um, the new age world, the business world, the church world. And what I love is I'm so proud that the message of the Bible works in any, any group of people. And it's so neat to watch God change people's lives. So, Father, we thank you tonight for your word, that it's spirit and life. I pray tonight, Father, that we'd come to actually know you. I pray that we would leave here more, I pray, excited about you than when we walked in. I thank you for breakthroughs and miracles that happened tonight to get us out of things and get us into things. I thank you for bringing healing to people's emotions, healing to people's minds. I thank you for financial and creative ideas will be unleashed in here over these next few minutes. I pray you prepare the soil of our heart, and I pray that, God, you're super would hit our natural. We'll do the natural, but I pray for your supernatural presence. And I pray one person tonight gets all the credit, and I love you with all my heart, and that's you, Jesus. Thank you so much. Amen. Amen. All right. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32 says, what more would I say? Time would fail to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David. That would suck, by the way, if your name was Jephthah. That would just be a tough name. You know, like in school, that would be a hard one. David, Samuel, the prophets, who through faith, someone say through faith, they conquered kingdoms. Ooh, I like that. They worked righteousness. Come on. They obtained what was promised in their life. Anybody want to obtain what's been promised over you? You have a lot been spoken over your life. Come on. God's not shocked that you got here. Come on. God had plans before your parents were listening to, come on, Al Green. Come on, somebody. And Marvin Gaye, come on, before they ever got to Shaw Day, God had you in mind. Come on, it might have happened in one night, but you were God's plan for eternity. The scripture says you're his work of art created to do big works. How many feel him putting a little bit of demand on you this year that, hey, I don't need to do a rerun of last year, come on. And don't let your normal become your enemy or arrange your faith around your comfort. But how many of you feel like God's putting a new demand for you to step into some new works? Come on. Some new thing. Anybody? Any? <laughs> Through faith, they obtained what was promised. They stopped the mouth of lions. They quenched the fire of the sword, or quenched the uh, violence of fire. Escaped the edge of a sword. Out of weakness were turned to strength. I want to say this. Your faith has the ability to work for you. Most people don't feel like they have, they, that it's really a reality. Right now, because of what's happened the last two years, 87% of the world believes their best days are behind them. And they're powerless to change their future according to Harvard psychologists. There's been more suicide in California than COVID deaths. 
I'm not putting down and I'm not marketing. What I'm saying is there is a learned helplessness by the external world that's telling us that we are powerless to change our future. Everybody that I read right now had a lot of weaknesses if you study their stories. Someone, some of them had sexual problems. Come on. Some of them had emotional problems. Some of them had family dynamics that were not good. Some of them had racial issues because they were married to people of other race and their families did not like it. But it says through faith, someone say through faith, their weaknesses were turned to strength. They became powerful in battle and they conquered things that other people were being conquered by. They stood out in their world because they flexed their faith. I've never seen so many Christians on the planet that are flinching. Do you remember as a kid, like they'd come by and they'd go like, oh, made you flinch. And they freaking hit you in the arm and it hurt really bad. That was only like, I think, guys. Girls didn't do that too much, okay? You know, but I remember like Ricky Johnson would always like freaking hit me in the arm. I have a dead arm. Like, Rex, what's wrong with you? I flinched too many times during the day. I feel like God's power, which is wrapped up in us, is so dead-armed because we've been flinching so much. We're waiting for things to go back to normal. We're waiting for someone to do something for our life. But Jesus was pretty clear. You either make the tree good and its fruit good, or you make the tree bad and its fruit bad, good. A tree is known by its fruit, but you determine the fruit. This is powerful for a minute. Because if not, you are going to live reactive to an environment, and you'll let other people decide who you become, what you achieve, how much love you share. I believe your life's way too precious to allow other people's minds to decide and define how good your life can become. Because according to the Word of God... According to the word of God, the Bible says you will have some challenges on the earth this year. Let me prophesy. You're going to have some troubles. Ooh, that was a deep prophecy. It's a one that's going to come to pass, too. Paul never prayed for Christians not to have troubles. He never said, God, deliver us from trouble. He said, and he prayed this prayer, you should pray it over your family, over yourself, I pray usually multiple times a day, now done it for about 26 years, 25 years. Ephesians 1, 17 through 21. I pray the God and Father of my Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory may give to me a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of my heart would be enlightened that I would know the hope of his calling on my life. The riches of his inheritance for me. I want to spend my inheritance, not just learn about it. And that we would know, that I would know, that you would know. Touch the person next to you. Say, he's talking to you. Say, you would know. The exceeding greatness of his power that works in you. We should not be shocked that we've got situations on the planet. But the times that we're in is what makes heroes emerge. It causes teachers to rise to the occasion. It causes mothers to stand up. It causes men to find their freaking spine, not just their pelvis.
The Bible says when the enemy comes in like a flood, God will raise up a standard against it. Is the standard just fighting politically? No, we battle not against flesh and blood. We battle spirits. That does not mean you're called to fight the devil. Nowhere in the Bible does God tell you to fight the devil. If you fight the devil, you will lose. I just screwed you up. You are anointed to cast him out, not to fight him. Jesus fought him and beat him in hell, so you don't got to go there. Now he says, in my name, you can cast him out if you'll stop playing with him. That's a good word right there, y'all. But you can't cast the devil out you like to play with. That goes for me, too. You can't cast out fear until you make the decision, I won't live in fear. You can't cast out perversion until you shut the door on the devil and say, hell no, you ain't coming through my screen. You ain't coming through anymore. I'm submitting to God. Now I'm resisting the devil. This is really good teaching for a minute. But your faith, faith number one, it believes. There's power in believing. Come on. Jesus said all things, not some things, are possible to the person who believes. Come on. What are you believing for? The only future you have is the one that you believe in. Your beliefs conform me, transform me. Therefore, if any area of your life's going to change, it's going to change because you change the way you think and what you decide to believe. If I was to go into your house, is there's pictures or anything up that you're believing for? Is there more evidence of things that you've experienced in the past, your museum of your past, your history channel, or are there more pictures of things you're believing for in the future? Whatever you have in your atmosphere, you're making worthy of your attention. So either you got a glamorized past that you keep revisiting, or a defeated past, or I'm believing for something more. But I move in the direction of what I believe in. Jesus said, you become what you believe. Someone say, I become what I believe. Ooh, this is powerful. Watch this for a second. There's a guy, Pablo Consolas. He was a Spanish cellist, one of the most famous guys ever to do his craft. Even at 90 years old, 95 years old, he practiced six hours a day. They asked him in an interview, why do you practice six hours a day? You're 95 years old, the greatest cellist ever. Composer. He said, because I think I'm making progress. But he was interviewed by Norman Cousins, a doctor. He came down the steps. He could hardly function. He was rocking real slow. He could hardly talk. And he looked like he was a disabled person. Dr. Cousins watched him walk down. And he said before he ever sat there at the table to eat breakfast and look out at the ocean in Miami, he sat down at a piano, little crippled fingers and everything. And he says, he goes, how can you do that? You can't even move. He says, just watch and believe. And he sat down, the little crippled guy, and he sat down and he put one finger down. All of a sudden, his hands began to unravel. His shoulders began to come back. He began to be able to talk. Everything shifted in a moment. He believed in his gift. He wasn't even a believer. He just believed in his gift. Imagine if you had some scripture that you got on that is God-breathed, that is omnipotent, and you say, I believe this. I believe this. When my, we celebrated my little girl's 10-year-old birthday, and it's an amazing thing because, well, I cut the umbilical cord, my little girl died. Not my little girl, excuse me, my wife died on the operating table. Right there, I was in the room. 
And I remember having to fight with doctors and work and say, I believe this. You're going to do what I tell you. You might be educated, but I'm anointed. Pay attention. It's a true story. That is not, and that's not a joke. I say, you might got a background, but I got an anointing. I'm back by the, I'm back by the creator. I said, I believe this is going to happen. Let's make room for it. See, when you believe, you're not moved by what you see. You're moved by what you know. Right now, our feelings and your sensories, are they talking you out of what God's told you? There is a fight for your faith. The devil wants one thing. If I can steal your faith, that's why he goes after the word. He does not mind you coming to church. He does not mind you singing worship songs. He does not mind you even giving money. The one thing he hates is if you grab onto a promise and grab onto a word and say, I believe the word of God. I'm holding onto the word. His only influence in your life is your ignorance of his word. Believe and then you got to receive. And there's a difference between believing and receiving. Man, doing this for 24 years, a lot of people, I believe. I haven't seen it yet. I believe. I believe, Rex, I'm going to get out of $80,000, come on, of debt and just in one night. I believe. But then you watch most people, they're just always believing. To receive, you got to get aggressive. Even the word aggressive means to initiate forceful action. To be enterprising, which you get the word innovation. You innovate and initiate it, innovate. If I'm really in the vine and abiding in Jesus, the vine, I'm always innovating and initiating. I'm innovating and initiating. If God doesn't move me, I'm going to move him. Why? Because I am to walk by faith, not sit by faith, not just hope by faith. I got to walk by faith. Faith is aggressive by nature. It lays hold of the word of God and says like pit bull, I'm going to lock onto this thing and come no matter what happens, I'm going to hold fast. God says, God says, you might give me a diagnosis. God says by his stripes I'm healed. My bank account might show lack, but God says he'll cause favor to abound toward me. I'll have sufficiency in all things. It might not look like I'm promoted, but God says I will elevate you in due time. You, most, you talk to most people, they don't, they don't even believe the Bible is going to do anything for them. They talk to them, well, I'm, you know, I'm just trying to believe. What if you got a really aggressive in your faith? Aggressive faith thinks. Jesus even said, become a thinker. Luke 14 says, if you tend to build a tower, think creatively. Do you got enough to build? Come on. Some of you need to think, how can I get out of death? Rather than asking yourself a dumb question, can I do it? Can I lose the weight? Come on, somebody. Can I get Lupe to go on a date with me? Come on, somebody. <laughs> <laughs> can I buy a beat up car this year can I people say can I they talk themselves out of faith into fear because wow. they start going down the rolodex of all their disappointments past experiences they go ah oh, maybe I can and then the can't silence your wants you ever feel that what if you ask yourself a different question? How can I? How can I do this? How can I show love to my family? How can I show love to my spouse? How should I show love to my kids? How can I, when I come to church, rather than be a spectator, how can I be a healer when I go to church? Could your whole experience actually shift and change when you walked in those doors? Did you come tonight looking to give something or get something? 
Well, this is not what we do, you know. Well, it depends on the person you are. Whether you act bad or brilliant, it's not based on your abilities, it's just based on the state you're living in. What do people get when you show up? Do you make it brighter or darker? Do you leave it better or worse? When you're passing by, what do people get when they get you? You leave an experience with somebody. The question is, is it one they want to have again? And if it's not, let's shift that. Let's pivot that and say, I am the light of the world. I am the salt of the earth. I am an ambassador of Christ. I can leave a different experience. I don't got to live in hell. Come on, somebody. Winston Churchill said it best. If you're going through hell, don't stop. Sir, standing up right there in the gray shirt, bald dude. You're about to come into a promotion in the month of April. Watch what happens April 14th and 15th. April 14th and 15th. Where things have been in a deficit, God says, I'm about to open an avenue of revenue for you. A stream that you do not know exists will become very apparent. Watch what I'm about to bring your way. For I've seen even prayers you prayed in the month of December, and God says I'm about to open a door right before your eyes. It's at your doorstep. Don't shrink, don't cower. Watch what the Lord does for you. Give the Lord a clap and a shout. That's dope, huh? It wasn't even like Christian TV or nothing, huh? That was just cool. Who has dizzying spells in here? You feel like dizzy or like dizzying spells. Where are you? Stand up. What's your name? Alexis. Anybody else? I want to ask real quick. Anybody else? Okay. A couple of different people in here. Come on. Every, if you're around them, just put your hand toward them. You say, aren't you supposed to finish your message first? I'm just going to flow. I'll speak and I'll do it at the same time. Jesus, I think your healing presence is flowing into this room. I pray your healing presence would flow through Alexis and these wonderful people, that gentleman and that ma'am. I pray your healing presence would flow into them and stop these dizzying spells. I pray you regulate hormones. I pray you regulate. I pray the neurological function. And I thank you, Lord, for bringing an end to this. I pray in Jesus' name. I command this thing to go. There are no dizzying spells in heaven. You steady their goings, and I break the spirit of fear attached to this, attached to this infirmity. And I thank you for healing flowing right now. You're going to feel warmth go through your body. In the authority of the name of Jesus, I release healing through your body, sir, through you, ma'am, and through you, miss, and through you. Touch her by your power of your Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Thank you for it. Amen, amen. Okay, keep going. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to pray for people. Watch how powerful. To receive a miracle, think aggressively. But then he goes a little bit further. It's good to start giving aggressively. Oh, is this where you're going to ask for money? I don't need your freaking money. Why? Because God gave me a covenant. I know how to make wealth. It don't matter the economy in the world. I'm not living conformed to its system. Don't you know that inflation's at an all-time high? Yeah, there's a doofus in there. Absolutely. I pray the Holy Ghost will get him because if not, he's going to go to hell. And Jesus shed his blood for him like he shed it for me. You should pray for his salvation. Don't curse him. You can acknowledge that the guy don't know what the heck he's doing, but pray for his salvation. God's not willing he perish. Just like he wasn't willing you'd perish. I don't mean you got to like him. <laughs> but it don't matter what's going on in the economy. If you have a spirit of generosity on you, God will multiply the seed you sow. I was just reading about a guy. That, I was talking about him yesterday in a speech. Uh, he's the, uh, what's his name? Uh, he's the comedian I was talking about at dinner. Uh, Louis, uh, Louis Anderson. 
Louis Anderson, he was an unknown comedian at the time, and he saw Eddie Murphy walk into a restaurant with six guys, and he was struggling financially and everything, but he goes, man, this guy's paved away. He's gone somewhere I haven't gone before. And he decided, he told the guy, the waiter, he goes, let me pick up his tab. I want to pay for that guy's meal, and don't tell him I did it. I'm going to leave. Don't give him a number, nothing. So he bailed. He paid for the guy's whole meal and everything. The next day, Eddie calls Louie. He finds his number, tracks this guy down, and goes, are you the guy that paid for my meal? And, and Louie that night had said to the guy, he goes, you know, probably everyone pays for that meal. He got guy's meal everywhere he goes. But Eddie called him and goes, do you know you're the first person in the history of my life that's ever paid for my meal? What kind of person are you? And he goes, well, I'm just a Midwest. You know, I'm a comedian. I had a lot of respect for you. And he goes, I just wanted to honor that. He goes, well, listen, I got a small little movie part in a movie I'm doing called Coming to America. I think it's going to do pretty good. He said, do you mind stepping in? And Louis' career took off. Maybe you're one act of a generous giving from improving the quality of your. What about speaking aggressively? The Bible says, 1 Peter 4.11, if you speak, speak the oracles of God. I want to give you some. Psalm 107.2 says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Not believe so, not hope so, not wish so. It says, say so. Come on, say so. The scripture over and over says, let the weak say they're strong. When you speak, your words have creative power to give life or death. You give faith when you begin to speak what's not there yet. Come on. Powerful, because in Psalm 91, he goes, I will say of the Lord, you're my refuge, you're my protection. And then it says, the next verse, then God will deliver and God will protect. It's interesting connotation. One person says, God, you're my strength. You're my victory. You're this to me. And the next minute, God says, okay, now I'm going to deliver you. Now I'm going to break you through. Could, I be, could there be a connotation when you start saying, you are my healer. You are my victory. I was feeling a little bit under the weather at the beginning of the year, and I was in my house by myself. I was just walking around, and I took out my blue Bible, and I went to Psalm 91. And I remember walking there in the house, and I started going, I will say of the Lord. And it caught my attention. All of a sudden, I went from feeling a little bit oppressed. Anybody ever been there? Just being weighed down in your head? I will say of the Lord. I thought, what do I say of the Lord? What am I going to say of the Lord? I can talk about my problems. I could talk about what's not working in my life. I could talk about things I think that I should have. Come on, somebody. If you start focusing on what's missing, you're going to feel like you're missing. Why? Because what you focus on, you feel and move toward. So I just start saying, Lord, I will say of you, you are my healer. You are my victory. The more I said it, all of a sudden I felt strength begin to come into me. I will say of you that you're my way maker. You're my way out. You're the God that parted the Red Sea. You're the God that answered Elijah's pray, prayer and depression and consumed a sacrifice. You're the God that multiplied the little boy's lunch. You're the God that raised Lazarus from the You're my God. You're the God when I prayed for that little boy with AIDS, completely healed him in, in Kenya, Africa to this day, 16 years later, AIDS and HIV completely free. You're the God that when I was at the, at the San Marcos campus a couple months back, opened that girl's deaf ear for 22 years. You're the God that did this. All of a sudden, you have a history of God breaking you through things. The enemy wants you to focus on what's not yet in your life rather than what he's done because when you begin to magnify it and talk about who he is, not who you are, who he is in you. I am the righteousness of God. I am anointed. You want to feel power come on your life? Start walking around throughout your day just going, I am anointed. I am anointed. In the back, I was talking with Paul Abdul and those people. I am anointed. 
I ain't intimidated by your stuff. I was talking to Snoop's people earlier. I am anointed. When I go and talk to people tomorrow, another country, I am anointed. When we got the polished shit politician in the afternoon, I am anointed. I ain't going in there my own ability. Your faith becomes effective when you acknowledge every good thing that's in you in Christ, not in yourself, in Jesus. Oh, this is powerful. What do we acknowledge? Enemy wants you to acknowledge every wrong thing in you. Your weaknesses. When you obsess over your weakness, your faults, and your flaws, you insult the grace of God. The Bible says stop calling yourself common when you're called cleansed. Stop calling yourself a sinner when you've been made righteous. In fact, you can't be a sinner saved by grace. You're either a sinner or you're saved by grace. Which one are you? Well, I'm a realist, Rex. Oh, my gosh. I went to school. I'm super educated and intellectual. The Bible says I don't walk by intellect, I walk by faith. I walk by faith. Faith speaks, faith, that, faith talks. In fact, the enemy's after the confession of your mouth. When, Jer- when Jarius, anybody remember the story of Jarius? Mark chapter five, go home and read the whole thing. He was a, he was a prominent you know, priest and his daughter, 12 years old, dies. But he came to Jesus and goes, I have a confession to make. If you come to my house, she will be healed. And Jesus, the word, started to walk with him toward the house. He got interrupted by a woman with an issue of blood. She gets healed. During that time, his daughter dies. The news comes back while Jesus is still walking toward his house and says, hey, don't trouble the teacher no more because, yeah, listen, your girl died. In other words, they only knew him as a healer, not the resurrection and the life. See, there's aspects of God he wants to reveal to you. The only way he can do it is doing what he told Jarius. Do not be afraid, only believe. In other words, if you stop believing, if you stop confessing that I'm not going to keep going and the word is in motion to your house, the miracles in line to your mess that you have at your house, your daughter, the resurrection's on its way. But if you quit believing that I'm going to have to stop right here. Could it be you're in the middle of a miracle? Come on, and you got the worst news possible, and Jesus' only word to you tonight is only keep on believing. Could you imagine as a dad, he had to fight the feelings of, oh, snap, my little girl, my everything. I'm a dad. I get it. Come on. He had to bite his tongue. Maybe that's why God shut up Zacharias all that time so he can give birth to John so his words didn't stop the miracle that was in motion. Your words produce fruit. You eat the word of your mouth. Oh, watch how powerful this is. He had to walk with the word, and he gets to Jairus' house, and he told all of his other disciples except for three, you can't come with me. They all believed in him. I bet they got offended. Come on. Judas is like, yeah, I knew what's up. I'm going to go steal some stuff with you over there, whatever. Come on. You got, you got all these guys. Thomas like, I, I need Xanax anyways. I'm feeling depressed. I got... I'm emotional, I'm a doubter, you know what I mean? Andrew, Peter, Andrew's like, I'm doing my computer business right now, okay, I can't go. Peter, James, and John, though, he went with him. He got there, there was a big old uproar. Everyone is already, they're paid mourners. They're preparing for her funeral. Let me ask you something. Is your promise that God's given you, is it in the tomb or is it in the womb waiting to be birthed out? That was really good. I need to preach that again and figure that out. 
Oh, come on, slap the person next to you. Say, that white boy's on. Come on. Ooh, this is good. Watch. He gets there and he says, make room. The girl ain't dead but sleeping. Make room. The girl ain't dead but sleeping. Some of you need to prepare because what you have, it's not over. It's not dead. There's women in here and you felt like I've had so much damage in my soul and my relationships with my, with my spouse. And you're wondering, can it ever be reversed? I'm prophesying for a minute. And God says, it's not dead. It's just sleeping. It's not dead, it's just sleep. Some of you wonder, am I ever going to have a child? It ain't dead, it's just sleeping. Some of you wonder, am I ever going to get married? The promise ain't dead, it's just sleeping. Do not be afraid, only keep on believing. Don't stop believing. Hey, hey, come on, watch. He gets there, and he lets nobody go in there except for a few. See, some people aren't worthy to go. They, they don't have the faith to go where you need to go. Jesus had to let his own disciples, come on, because they didn't have the faith to handle what the resurrection power that he's about to release. I'm pretty cautious about when I let people know, hey, we're believing for this, because I need people that want to believe at another level. I don't want to snorkel. I need people that want to scuba dive. You snorkel, you see small fish. You scuba dive, you see big freaking fish. I just want a little bit of Jesus. Come on. A little bit of the secret. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to attract blessings from the impersonal universe. How are you going to build a multi-billion? It's just coming to me. Bull. Come on, somebody. If you don't work your land, you're going to be po. Copyright the Bible. Hands of the diligent, they get rich. A slack hand, you become Poe. Come on, somebody. You got diligent hands, you got wealth. Come on. He goes in there and he didn't go, oh my goodness, mom and dad, it's so sad. No, no, no. He says, no, no, no. I command you to come forth. I command you to come forth. I command, I love that about Jesus. No matter what he saw, he always saw the way people could be, not the way they were. And he called that out of him. That's a prayer I constantly pray. Lord, don't let me see people the way they are. Give me the vision. Let me have x-ray vision to see what they're capable of. The unused success, the dormant ability, where they can go that they haven't gone. The love they can share that they've never shared the ability, the dream, the power. I don't want to treat you regular. Why? Because you contain the Holy Ghost. You're not normal. Stop treating yourself like you're freaking common. Well, I'm just trying to make it. You might be just trying to make it, but the God of the universe wants you to know the power that's in you. Where you are is not where you're all going to end up. Some of you are going to shock yourself. You're going to get into heaven, and they're going to be like, man, come on. Look at what I did. You're going to be going streets of gold, and it's really going to happen. If you got a problem with prosperity, heaven's not for you. They don't got fake gold there. They got the real freaking thing. Hey, 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 hey. There's a pastor friend that I, a guy I know, he has a church in Houston, and there was somebody on his staff, and she'd been trying to get pregnant for 10 years. And they were in the middle of planning for the year, their whole year plan. And in the middle of it, she goes, well, you know, I'm going to have my baby, so somewhere I have to get someone to fill in. And so the pastor left that thing thinking, I don't think she's pregnant, but I need to ask. One of the staff members goes, no, she's not pregnant. She's just planning and talking like it's going to one day happen. 
She did it for 20 years and in her 50s. Every year she kept saying at their meeting, hey, well, I'm going to have to have somebody come in and because this year I'm going to have my baby, so I'm going to need some time off to be able to take care of my child. So then she went and built a whole baby room, and every year she put in new blankets because the baby was going to come. But year one, two, three, and you're like, okay, well, you need to become a little bit more realistic. You need to be realistic. Realistic is for people that are governed by fear. You've been so disappointed in the past that now you're afraid to hope in the future. That's like those dog callers. Come on. Have you seen those dog shock callers? Come on. They have those invisible fences. They go to, come on, get on the neighbor's yard and they get shocked. Yeah. That's what happens. You try to go do beyond the usual. Come on, you're shocked. No, no, no. She kept doing it 20, 20 years. And in her 20th year, at 54 years of age, twins began to pop out of that, out of that woman. Everybody told her it was stupid until some of you are preparing. Come on, some of you didn't have a miscarriage. Come on, you're just preparing. Are you with me on this kind of thing? Come on. So the other day, I'm, I'm minding my own business. I spoke to all these people. It was really nice, about 800 people. And I got done, and I was say, just saying to the people, thank you for the privilege of communicating and speaking to you. And one person stands up and goes, you gave me a word that on this date, this and this and this is going to happen in the middle of a service. He goes, it happened. You're the real deal. I'm like, cool. Thanks. <laughs> it was like a live conversation. Some goes, you prayed for me, and I got healed. And I've never been the same since, praise. And so it was awesome. Like, people just start standing up and unsolicited. So I'm like, okay, now I can't just, like, walk out after I'm done speaking. got to pray for everybody. Come on. There's a little bit of a, okay, I'll do it. So I sat my butt there with a line of about 80 to 90 people for an hour and 45 minutes. All the lights are off. All the cool cameras. I don't have to say cool lines to get people all excited. It's just me, Jesus, and them. And the good thing is Jesus is watching. First guy comes up, and he was like this. I don't know. I, I, come here, Charles. I'll use you. Okay? But I, you're going to have to, I, I'd have to, like, if you were, you were the wife, and I, you're the woman, and I'm the man. This is Black History Month, not Pride Month. Yo, chill out. <laughs> oh snap I almost cussed <laughs> so here's what happened so this guy this guy's about 70 years of age and he's got dementia really bad bless his heart and his wife was carrying him like he was like a little dog so she walked him up like this and he's like this and my heart went out to him like I mean he just broke the guy and she was like, can you say a prayer for us? But she had no faith, to be honest with you. She was just like, this is the religious thing. I want to do this. I love my husband. And he's like this. And I go, man, you're a good-looking guy. And he kind of tried to do a little smile. I go, man, I think you and me are going to be buddies. And I go, you know what? I said, God's going to help you. I said, all I want you to do is believe that God is good 100% of the time. Would that change your life or what? Yes. What if you just say, someone say, I believe. I believe. Someone say, I believe. I believe. Slap the person next to you that ain't saying it, say, you believe. believe. 
that God is good 100% of the time. Want to come on? Hey, watch. So he's standing there, and I have a psychologist that travels with me sometimes. He's with me, and he's very analytical. And he's sitting there. It's actually awesome. And so I go, I'm going to pray for you, and you're going to get better. He's like, he's like drooling. It really felt bad. It was a really bad state. And so I said, Lord, I thank you for being so nice. And I think I believe that you're so, you're so kind and so nice. Thank you that your healing power right now is flowing through his neurons of his brain. Instantly, before all the people, it wasn't just like something that happened in the back room and I have to try to convince you to believe it. Instantly, it was like you plugged him into a circuit in the wall and all of a sudden light and color came up. He lifts his head up, unaided by me or anybody else. He looks at his wife and goes, baby, I got my cognitive mind back. He freaks out, true story, just happened a couple days ago. He goes, I got my cognitive mind. Those are his words, I don't even know how to say cognitive mind. He goes, I, I know how to pray for the neurons, but that's about it. My science stops there. Come on, Sterling's going to have to help me on the preaching side on that. But I, I, I pray, and I, I just started to command his brain to start functioning again. It's amazing that when you begin to declare God's word to a situation, things begin to shift and things begin to change. Watch how powerful. God told Ezekiel, don't stare at dead bones. Don't stare at something that dead or looks lifeless, something that looks permanent. I want you to give my prophecy to what looks permanent and watch my life and my muscle and my strength begin to fill it out. There's a creative miracle inside of your mouth. You're talking to describe it. Why don't you use your words to see how you want to speak, how you want it to be? I spoke to that man, and I just commanded that man to be healed under the authority of the name of Jesus. I have a revelation of that name. That name to me is not like a rabbit's foot. That name to me is not like I just tack on at the end of the prayer, oh, in the Jesus name. No, I love sometimes I've done it publicly and I've done it on the streets. You call on Allah, I'll call on Jesus, and you call on Confucius, you call on Buddha. Whatever one answers, that's the one we bow to. I did, it in front of, I did that in front of the Hare Krishnas. Let's go one-on-one. You got power? Let's see. Let's throw down. Come on, I got packing something in my holster. I ain't shooting blanks. Such as I have, give I thee. Such as I possess, it's part of me. You can't talk it out of me. You can't beat it out of me. I know he's a healer. Come on. Does it always work the way you want it? No, but that doesn't talk, that does not change the fact. He either heals instantly or gradually, but he's still Jesus the healer. I watched that man. I watched that man grab his wife and begin to cry and began to talk profusely. The girl behind him got so excited. She says, can you speak those words to me? She goes, I got a deaf ear. Sure. I command your ear to open, pop. Immediately after that man is sitting there still hugging his wife, the girl next to him, about 40 years of age, I call her a girl, woman, instantly her left ear popped open. Now she is being tested by the guy that's with me. Come on, the psychologist, analytical guy, come on. And she can completely hear out of that ear, 100%. When you begin to declare God's words over a situation, things begin to shift in your favor. If you believe that, give the Lord a clap and a shout. Okay, so here's what I'm going to do. I can't keep going speaking wise or else I'm not going to be able to finish praying for people. But I will finish this with this one story. And it's a public story, and so we'll have to be careful how we put this online. But I'm going to be a little cautious. I got done the other night doing a meeting, 
and I was on my phone, I was on the top of my stairs, and all of a sudden I thought, man, you know what I'm doing? I'm just praying in tongues for like 15 seconds before I walk down the stairs. So I stand on top of my stairs, just going, because when you pray in tongues, your spirit knows things your head doesn't. Come on, and it's, it's what's been, the enemy can plan attacks based on your English prayers, but when you pray in tongues, he don't know what you're saying. It's only you and the Lord. You want to pray the perfect will of God? Start praying in the Holy Ghost. The Bible says Isaiah 28, that's the refreshing. It'll build your whole body. You can get healed praying in tongues. Your mind can become clear praying in tongues. I've been around people that were mentally handicapped but spiritually free, and they prayed in tongues, and things changed in their brains. So I prayed in tongues for about 10 seconds. All of a sudden, I saw on my phone, I got a call, and it was a guy, an NFL player, and he's on the East Coast. And he, so I picked it up, but right when I did, I had this song in my head. Remember uh, Ray Charles, that song, Georgia, I, Georgia, I got Georgia on my mind. Anybody know that song? So I, he picked up the phone, I, I picked up the phone, and he goes, hey, what's up? And I go, Georgia, Georgia, Georgia on my mind. He goes, why are you saying that? I'm like, dude, I was just freaking out on my mind. And he goes, he goes, it's the weirdest thing. I took a meeting, and I had to drive all night, and I'm crossing Georgia line right now. I go, what time is it? It's 9 o'clock Pacific. Oh, it means it's East Coast. It's 12. It's a new day. We need to talk. God's on this call. So I pay attention from that. We're just talking short talk. And I asked him about my friend Jerry. Jerry's about 90 years of age. He's been on Young and the Restless for whatever, forever, and ever. And Jerry's the life of the party. You don't ever want to be at a party without Jerry Douglas. And Jerry is anti-Jesus. And I said, uh, hey, did Jerry, has Jerry ever opened up his heart to the gospel? And he goes, no, dude, I don't think he ever did. I go, let's just stop for a minute. In my kitchen, I just go, Lord, in the authority of Jesus' name, I break Satan's power over his life, and I declare, I declare as the righteousness of God, based on the blood of Jesus that I did not earn, but God gave me, that he will not leave this planet till he's born again. I break Satan's power over his life. Some of you, you gotta do that over your family members. You're praying so hard that it's making you angry rather than free. You have authority and say, I break Satan's power over my life. I break Satan's power over my children, my grandchildren, my auntie, my uncle. Come on, my Nino, my Nina. For all you Spanish people, come on, Mexican. Uh, Mexican the Mexican. Come on, somebody. I'm almost done. T-O-T-O. Come on, share. So I, I ended, we continued to talk about some things. That was it. I get a call. I started walking downstairs in the morning. I was grabbing something to shake out of the kitchen. And when I was down there, I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, your prayers made a difference. Think, like I prayed for a bunch of things last night when I was talking to this gentleman. What do you mean? And so I get a call about 10 minutes later. He goes, dude, did you hear what happened? It's all over TMZ. Jerry freaking died. I go, what in the world happened? Dude, it's not out yet. I don't know. Jerry died. Find out when he died. He died about between about 1 to 11 minutes while I was praying. True story. And I'm like, oh, man. So I'd gone to speak for a couple companies. Then, you know, I was doing my work that week for two, three days. And I took my little girl to get her nails done with her mom. And I went and got my car wash. I'm sitting at the car wash. just hanging out. Dude smoking a big old cigar next to me. And I was like, getting all high by cigar smoke. And this minister calls me from the East Coast. He's an older man. He doesn't know anything about pop culture whatsoever. He calls me and goes, hey, I want to tell you a word from the Lord. You know that old man that you were praying for a couple nights ago? I want to tell you something. Your prayers made a difference. What? 
yes, I saw the man, and he died, and Jesus stood above him four to six feet off the ground, and he opened his robe and says, do you want me? And the man said, yes. I wanted to call and tell you only one thing, Mr. Rex, that the Lord heard your prayer, and that man made it to heaven. Don't ever discount the power of your prayer. Hey! Come on, give the Lord a clap and a shout. You can feel that, huh? Where's Danny Wilgenbush? Danny Wilgenbush? Oh, you're at the top. You're in the cheap seats, man. Man, I love... I want to just tell you something. The Lord says there's a spiritual promotion coming for you. And it's going to be an entrustment the Lord's going to really entrust you with in this next season. And I felt the Holy Spirit tell me to tell you, ask for me to give you money miracles. Ask for me to give you money miracles and pray for money miracles over those closest to you. You will see money miracles begin to manifest at a rapid pace in this next season you're a walk-in because I'm about to elevate your life service even amongst peers. For the Lord said, I've seen the integrity of your heart. And even as I anointed Jesus far above his own brethren, I've seen what's in your heart and I'm elevating your life service for I'm bringing you into a place of spiritual promotion that I'm bringing you into, not that man gave you, and watch it will be an entrustment, but you'll carry it, and I'll empower you to do so, says the Lord. Give the Lord a clap and a shout. Got a couple of minutes. Uh, is there somebody in here, you have teaching credentials, and you've been thinking, can God really use me in this, and you don't want to go into Christian education, you want to go into the mainstream. Is there somebody here that you have teaching credentials and you've been thinking, can God really use me? Lift your hand. I can see you. Your teacher in here. A teacher in here. Right there. Has it been on your mind? Truthfully? Stand up. This happened to me two days ago. I was just praying, minding my own business. And I saw all these papers. And the Lord said to me, he said, they're second guessing if God could really use them in this with the way the system is and with the way everything that's going on. I'm here to tell you, first of all, you look like a really lovely human. <laughs> I'm Rex, by the way, honored to meet you. But I want to tell you something. I saw in my vision, this is a true story. I wrote it down. You can, you can come up afterwards. I'll give you my notes. In the vision, I saw Jesus. He had a torch and he put it in your hand and he held it up. And the Lord says, don't second guess this. I'm gonna open a door for you and you're gonna stand there not by the power of man, but by the power of my goodness and grace. And I will show you creative ways and solutions that you can bring, you can bring value and really shape the minds and the hearts of people to come. For you're gonna lead a significant one into the path of Christ. You're gonna lead a significant one into a path of Christ where I'm gonna use them incredibly in this world. I feel like it's going to be a young man. I feel like he's Hispanic. He's got dark hair. I can see him. He's got a really dark Hispanic or maybe even an Indian tint, but God's really going to use you and elevate your life service. But I wanted to come and confirm, not confuse, but confirm that's God's something that he's put in your hand and he's ready for it to do something for your future. God bless you. Live the Lord a clap and a shout. Morgan, there's a contract coming to you that's unexpected in the month of March. In the month of March, stand up, you and your bride, for a minute. 
Thank you, Lord, for the healing ministry that's on them. Thank you for the healing ministry that's on Jenny. Thank you for the healing ministry that's on Morgan. Thank you for that unexpected contract you're releasing into them. Lord, and I thank you, Father, for the release of this healing ministry and bringing families that are disconnected to places of wholeness. Is Jeff Forbes in this room? Not tonight. Somebody's going to give him this word. Oh, I'm just actually going to hold on to it. Let me just hold on to it. I got a word for that man. I don't really even know him. I've shook hands with him, hugged him out. He's a big guy. Hugged it out with him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Business owners. Is there business owners in here? Stand up for a minute. Come on. I love this. This is awesome. Oh, man, we need to do a whole night just on business. Oh, man, this is my love business, baby. I want to say this to you. Don't be shocked and don't be nervous and don't be rattled. I say this as a prophet of the Lord. And I'm only saying that to preface what I'm about to say. Don't be nervous what happens in March with the markets. There's about to become a profitable surge that's going to happen for you in the month of April. Watch the month of April. It will look like things are going down, but I'm going to do something upside down, and you're going to see a surge of profitability that I'm going to release, says the Lord, into your business, and you're going to find new customers and the current clientele you have. I'm going to create new ways for you to add new value, and it will bring a stickability to your business where people see they're not connected to you in the past, but they're connected to you as a vehicle going into the future. Don't be so close-minded that you just shut the doors on new ways to add new value. Come on. I want to say that as a word of wisdom, but the Lord is going to bring. I don't know if you receive that word tonight, if that bears witness in your heart. Don't be nervous by what you see in the month of March. Pay attention to what's coming in the month of April. There'll look like a down thing in the month of March, but watch what the Lord does for his people in the month of April. For I will turn matters. And some of you felt upside down in business and you're wondering whether to close the doors. I feel that there's somebody, you're really on the verge of, do I close the doors? Where are you? Just lift your hand. I'm not going to make you speak in a mic. Where are you? Is that you, ma'am? And somebody else you pointed? Somebody? Can't see very well all the lights. Okay. Lord, I pray, give them wisdom, insight, and foresight. Insight and foresight. I pray for supernatural increase. I pray for prosperity to be released. I decree it in the authority of Jesus' name. The word of God, the word of God, not the word of Rex, not the word of man, the word of Jehovah. He says this, I take pleasure when you prosper. And Father, I thank you, there's victory in the dark. And this is a prophetic word, just like a mustard seed, which is only two millimeters big. But when it goes into that ground, there's thousands of pressure of darkness on that thing. It could feel like it's buried. It's insurmountable. There's no way to push through. But inside that two little millimeter seed, vitamin K, vitamin B, 3, 6, 12, potassium, magnesium, vitamin E, vitamin A, and it will shoot 1,187 times its size. I believe you're coming into a time of germination, that the seeds that you have sown that have been in the dark are about to shed the little outer shell, and you're about to begin to push dirt away. I prophesy. 
die. Many of you in this room, you're about to start pushing some things away. The weights that have been inside you because you're about to break through the ground. You say it's not the right time, Rex. It's not the right time. Have you seen the inflation? Have you seen the economy? Yes, I've seen it, but the Bible says don't look at what is seen. Look at what is unseen. I've sent my servant to give you a word that I'm about to open a door of revenue, that I'm about to multiply and increase the seeds you've sown, for I'm about to cause the very dream that you have to come forth out of that tomb and birth inside of a new womb and give forth to the potential that I put inside you. Says the Lord, if you believe that, give the Lord a clap and a shout. Ooh, this is good, huh? Who's in pain? Who's in pain in your body? You are, ma'am. Where at? Just put your hand on your body. Where at? Just where at? Yeah, where at? Where's the pain, honey? Okay. Wonderful Jesus, let your healing presence flow through this beautiful woman. Receive. Don't think it all. Don't, don't try to reason it away in your head. Just open your heart. You got a beautiful faith. You're a good woman. Just receive. He's the savior of our soul and he's the healer of our bodies. He's the lifter of our heads. Jesus, let your healing presence flow through her body. Ooh, I feel that. Move your arms. Start looking for healing. Look for healing. Help her next to her. Pretend you're a physical therapist. Start moving her arm. Look for healing. Thank you for this healing ministry, Lord, over this wonderful couple, my friends, Joel and their family here. I thank you for this healing ministry that's on them. I thank you, Lord, for, Lord, I thank you for bringing them out of shadows into the new areas of light and visibility. Thank you for the rare gift, the rare healing entrustment, the ability to cut out, Lord, to cut to pieces the snares of the devil. Thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for it. This last year was a start for you guys. Watch what he does incrementally every three years on the financial bumps and what's going to happen every three years. You watch why watch just why I'm gonna give you a word into the future, but watch every three years how there are these massive jumps. They're not steps, there's massive leaps that you can't make in your own ability, but that God supernaturally lifts you up out of one place into another place. Thank you, Father, for all the things you're doing in their life. In Jesus' name. How does your shoulder feel? You look like you're so happy, you have your arm up like. What just happened, love? Stand up. Can you help me? You're awesome. I like you. You're cool. You're probably a better interviewer than me, so go ahead and interview her. You gotta use the mic. How you feeling? How is it now and how it was before?
Isn't that cool? They have free health care at this church. Man, it beats the heck out of pain. Lots of, I just like you. You're very creative. You got a great mind. I see lots. Of, I don't know who you are, but you got juice on you. You're a crowd favorite. Or she give you that shirt that says local legend. <laughs> makes sense. God is all creative. That makes sense. Can I just pray for you for a minute? Thank you for this rare gift. I pray, show them ways. I pray, Lord, show them how it's supposed to go, the path it's supposed to go for him. I pray that, Father, you'd expand his visibility, his reach, the concepts of putting everything together, concepts, and the businesses he will launch multiple, multiple, multiple innovative ideas. I thank you that it's a weapon. I thank you the wisdom of God is his weapon. And I thank you for guarding his most precious spirit. Thank you for touching his family. His family's been hurting. Thank you for bringing healing into them. Touch them in Jesus' name. Is your mother still with us? Yeah, does she struggle in her health? Yeah. I see a good woman, but I see like struggles in her breathing and her health. What's her name? Rocio. Rocio. That's pretty not bad for a white boy. Rocio. I pray, Lord, I pray you touch Rocio right now. Let your healing presence, Jesus Christo, let your healing presence float on Rocio's body right now. Bring wholeness to her, I pray. In Jesus' name. Do you produce? What do you do? A creative agency, of course you do. <laughs> That's really cool, huh? We should probably talk someday. Yeah, that'd probably be a good little facilitation. You, I like you. You're happy. What's your name? You, are you always that happy? <laughs> that was cool because it was like almost you snorted right there too at the same time. That was awesome. What do you want God to do with you? Okay. Stand up. There's a guy that came and he was going to go there, putting him away in jail for a minimum of six months. And he was going in the next day. His mother brought him to me. He was like 19. He was like a little cholo. And I don't know if he like rode on a cop car or something, whatever he did. And when I was going to pray for him, he deserved to go to jail for what he did. But I saw an angel use whiteout. I'm not joking. And whiteout. And I go, they're going to go in there tomorrow and they're not going to be able to find the evidence and they're going to freak out. And I named the guy that he was going to talk to. It's a true story. He went in the next day and they came back that next night with all the hell's angels. It's a true story. I was speaking. Yeah. yeah we needed some bodyguards that night. And that dude, they, the judge goes, I can't find the evidence. I'm going to give you another shot. Plus, you look super shiny. So let's just, I'm going to give you another shot. He goes, what'd you do? He goes, I went to church. The guy goes, keep doing that. Lord, I pray that you would help her with this accident. I pray that Lord supernaturally intervene. Turn the matter in her favor. And I thank you that Lord, tonight, I think I feel the angels of the Lord around you. You're going to see us dismissal. I thank you for a dismissal. And I thank you for upholding her head that she will not fear. I thank you for vindicating her. I thank you for helping her right every wrong and meet every need of everybody that's involved. And I thank you for supernaturally turning this matter around tonight. I cut Satan. I break Satan's power against your life. I break that oppression and I break that terror that things could go wrong. I break that spirit against your mind and in Jesus' name. I thank you for sleep and rest over you in Jesus' name. Amen.
Can I just ask, who in here has been feeling like a doom? When you go to sleep at times at night, you feel like a doom, like something bad can happen. Lift your hand. Don't be nervous. I've had that happen. Come on. Anybody ever felt that? Okay, I know everyone's pointing at everybody. You're like, well, thanks a lot, all you hypocrites. Come on, somebody. And I know I got, I got two minutes over, so I'm going to pray this, and this we're going to end this, okay? For tonight. Come on, we got five weeks. We're on like Donkey Kong. I'm going to become like Uncle Rex here. Maybe I'm going to stay at Sterling's house. I could get some preaching tips. If you've been feeling doom and a sense of doom, like something bad's going to happen, you just stand up. Don't be afraid. I felt that before as a minister. I felt that before. Like, and it's terrifying. You feel that dread like something bad's going to happen to you. Okay? Thank you for having courage for your life. Come on. Thank you. Come on. Everyone goes through seasons where it can be really difficult, huh? Come on. Aren't you glad that we serve a God that he makes the way of escape? That the Bible says he's the lifter of our heads and that he delivers. Come on. He's our deliverer. I want you to put your hand on your heart. I want everyone just to say this. Say, Jesus, I thank you that I am safe, I am secure because you love me. I believe you love me. I receive your love right now. Let your love break off every sense of doom, every sense of dread off my heart, off my mind right now. I declare with my mouth that I will fear no evil. For Jesus is with me. I am more than a conqueror. My faith is working. I'm God's child and I'm stronger than what I feel. Miracles are happening in my life. And from this moment, I break, as a child of God, I break the spirit of fear, the spirit of doom. I break your power over my life. I command you to loose me and let me go. I am God's child. I am bought with the blood of Jesus. I belong to Jesus. Peace is mine. Joy is mine. Strength is mine. And my life this year will be the best it's ever been. It will be the best it's ever been. I choose life. And I win. I win. I win. Because God is for me and not against me. If you believe that, give the Lord a clap and a shout. Give the Lord a clap and a shout. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.